0: Well, good morning. Well, you know that I'm teaching from the book of Acts, and we are not teaching really verse by verse. We're just uh, going chapter by chapter, and we'll skip over some chapters depending. But we're trying to draw applications that will be uh, good for all of us to take home and walk it out every day. So that's what we're doing. Now, last week, of course, we were in chapter four and we talked about a, a specific situation that arose in the early church in chapter five. We went through that. Uh, today, we're on chapter six. And I would encourage you to play it because messages are such that. If you hear it one time, it's good. Uh, if you hear it two times, it's better. And periodically, I just listen to messages. I have, I have messages uh, from people that I've liked to listen to over a period of, um, over a particular subject matter, that is, uh, over a period of years. I have still have s- s- uh, cassettes that I listen to, and I know cassettes are out of style now, but uh, I, have, I have to have a, a cassette player in my car as well as a CD player, uh, because I, want, I have old cassettes that I, I like to still hear the messages uh, periodically, I have a message I just listened to sometime uh, I haven 't listened to it in five years, but I 'll listen to it again because God is speaking in that area, so I want to go back to it so that 's why I encourage you to listen to the messages again and, and uh, one of the things that i don't don 't want you to miss from last week is that you have to you have to plan for um, the area that we talked about, which was uh, preparing for the purposes of God. That's what we talked about, preparing for the purposes of God. You have to be prepared. You don't get prepared when it's, when it's time for the walk in some purposes. You'll never walk in that which you're not prepared for. So you have to plan to uh, be prepared so God gives us opportunities. And so one opportunity we talked about was in the early church. Of course, it was a financial one. Are you planning for a financial uh, breakthrough in your life? Are you planning for it? Are you planning for... Uh, that extravagant giving—that you know that God's going to give you an opportunity for—are you planning for it? There are times where uh, I know that, that uh, for savings accounts and things like that, never did have at one time. Uh, so therefore, I have very little in, in mind now. Uh, but that's okay because I know that I know what, what what God calls for. Our savings is in our heavenly account. That's what—that's where our savings are. That's where we put it in. We plan for that. And we say to God, either your word is true or either it's not. So, therefore, we are planning, we're putting ours in our heavenly bank. And so, therefore, you said that when hard times come, there can't be hard times in heaven. There are not hard times in heaven. So I don't care what the economy does. I don't care what the stock market does. It really doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. And uh, we have, as a church, we have money in um, uh, in, in an account where... uh, has, um, well, it can go down if the, if the economy goes down. It can go up if the economy go up. So we invested some money for the church. So we, we've done that over, the, oh, it's been about 10 years now we've had investments. Uh, so we try to do all things that, that are good for you as a, as, a, as a body, but we also have more money in our heaven account as a church. So we do that. So let's look at uh, another opportunity. This is part two of last week. Preparing for the purposes of God. Preparing for the purposes of God. We saw that Barnabas was prepared last week. That's what we talked about. Barnabas, he was prepared. Let's look in chapter 6. Let's look at another opportunity. These are opportunities now that, that, that God is presenting to us through Acts that I had never, I had never been taught this before. And so this is something that the Holy Spirit was teaching me, so I wanted to share it with you. Verse 1, at this time, this is Acts chapter 1, I'm reading from the New American Standard. While the disciples were increasing in number, now the King James was said "multiplying" in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked In the daily serving of food. Now let's stop there. That's verse 1. Now we see here that in this early church, something starts happening. You know the backdrop already. The backdrop of it is that thousands of people being saved, coming into the knowledge of the truth. We see that they are asking, what must we do? And he said, well, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God added 3,000 to, to the church in one day. Then uh, last week we talked about it was 5,000 people souls in the church already. So we all these people added to the church, and we saw that last week it was needed for the people to be taken care of, the widows. So here we see that a complaint comes up. Now let's stop here and and look at this thing here a little bit now who were the hellenistic jews and who were the native jews Well, the hellenistic jews they were they were jews that, that was outside of they were they were they were lived outside of born outside of uh, uh israel and they were greek speaking in some versions might say grecian jews they were greek speaking jews and uh, they used the old testament their old testament was in greek and uh we call that the Septuagint, and that's what they read out of, and that's what they spoke. And so the native Hebrews, they were uh, reading the Aramaic, and, and so they, they have two different languages there, but they are both Jews. And in society, sometimes you have uh, people are different language-speaking people, and it's hard sometimes to understand what ha- what's, what's going on, and so there is... Sometimes an opportunity to complain sometimes if, if you don't understand what's going on. People don't understand each other, and so something gets neglected. Most of the emphasis in the past have been put on probably the uh, seven and what they did, what, what the apostles did during this time, and not much emphasis was put on why did it arise. And so let's think about that. Why did it arise? Why did this arise at all? Why didn't they have, a, ha, have wisdom enough to see that the Grecian women would be, widows would be uh, neglected? It didn't say, did it? Did it say? So are you reading between the lines? Are you thinking about that? Are you saying, hmm, why would they be? In apostles, now we know already in James that you cannot, partiality is not good for God, is it? He doesn't go for partiality. He's not a partial God, is he? And he tells us that uh, we don't really uh, serve the Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of partiality. Which tells us in James that if somebody comes in the congregation, this is in, in that day, that uh, someone has, would have fine clothes on and, and jewelry and all those type, type of things. You don't put them on a good seat and somebody who comes in that, that they are poor and, and they're they not dressed very good. You don't put them on, your, on a footstool somewhere and so say, you just you stand over there. You don't do that. We don't show partiality. Is that correct? But in real life, does it happen? So it's happening now. Why is it happening with them? Did the apostles really think about it? It's 5,000 people. They were taking care of their widows. Now you have more widows. Why weren't they taken care of? Is it possible that the church, which was in Jerusalem, there, is it possible that they were thinking, "Well, we're taking care of our widows, and, and we don't know what they, we don't know what's going on with these other people. That nobody's told us anything." Is it a possibility that sometimes people complain because nothing's ever said and nobody knows? Is it a possibility? See, because I think sometimes with us in our households, because we had to apply it to our households, we had to apply it to the, our workplaces, I think sometimes we complain about things that nobody else knows about. Really. See, I believe that the apostles didn't know what was going on. I really do. Because let's look at verse 2. So the twelve, who who, who are the twelve? Apostles. Sermon the congregation of the disciples and said, Is it not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables? Therefore, select among you. So are the apostles partial? Or they didn't know this was going on? they didn't know. I don't believe that they, they, they were just partial. I don't believe they they just didn't care. But they didn't know what was going on. Why didn't they know what was going on? A lot of people. Language barrier. barrier yeah. I wonder, I wonder did anybody think to tell them. You think about it. Somebody could have you know, going to the apostle, hey, um, there are some some uh, things going that you probably don't know about, and we need to try to take care of it. The Grecian or the, uh, the, the Jews that are coming to Jerusalem here, that they, 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 they are being neglected. Somebody could have done that. Why did they complain? Why do people complain? You know, just think about why do you complain? Let's put it at home. Why do I complain? You see, usually, usually, <laughs> usually there, there are no more reasons, usually. We complain sometimes because uh, something's not going our way. Sometimes we complain because we've said something about it and nothing's done about it. Right? We complain, we you know, no reasons why we complain. No more reasons. Let's take it as an application just for um just for fun's sake uh because we are we we're we are in a in a congregation that, that we have uh our guests you you probably know that we have uh different people here that's different colors um and they probably recognize that and so <laughs> and so therefore there's an opportunity to Complain. I know that my, uh, I don't, not probably speech, probably the way I pronounce words and things like that, sometimes people don't understand, uh, even though you speak English. Okay, especially if I uh, leave off a syllable or something because of my <laughs> my particular background or something. And sometimes if you happen to speak another language, like, uh, stand up here for me. Uh, this is, this, is uh, this young man, he speaks another language. He speaks English, too, um, but uh, come in a minute, because, uh, get the microphone right there for me, would you please? This is not rehearsed. Um, I didn't, I didn't call him this morning, and I didn't allow, I didn't, come on up, I, I did not um, ask permission to use him. But I know that he doesn't mind, I don't mind. right? So he doesn't mind, okay? I don't mind. <laughs> okay, hold, hold this up right, right here. Now it's not because I've threatened him or anything like that. It's not because <laughs> it's not because he's hard or anything like that. He just trusts me. That's, that's what it is because we have a relationship. Uh, but sometimes you don't understand what I'm saying. But don't you speak English? Uh, yes, I do speak English, but I sometimes I don't understand. Why don't you understand? I'm speaking plainly. Uh, <laughs> probably too fast. I don't know. I had to uh, listen everybody's different accents, mm-hmm. different ways. You know. Right. But uh, I adapt to my wife. She, I can understand her anything she says. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And she speaks English. Right. Okay. So I don't know why I can understand you. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, do you recognize sometimes that that? You could complain mm-hmm. in this body, being in this body because you speak Spanish. You speak English also, but but you could complain. And I wouldn't know anything about it because everything that you see and here just about is in English. Right. Isn't it? All our songs, all of our, 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 our scriptures they put on the PowerPoint is in English. And he could, you have a brother yes, and, a, and a brother-in-law and a sister. Yeah. They come. They come to church sometimes. Yes, they You does. invited another friend, and they're from Ecuador, I think. Uh-huh. And yes. they speak Spanish also and English also. Yes. And uh, but we very seldom ever put anything on that screen in Spanish. Now he could be getting, he, You could get together with your uh, your brother-in-law, your sister, his um, uh, his friend that they invited. Because when I went to the reception, there were there were a lot of Spanish. Speaking yes. people that were there, Yes. Yeah. and they he could actually be complaining about Cornerstone because we don't we don't uh, really take in consideration that he speaks Spanish better than he speaks English, and and he, his his brother who doesn't speak hardly any English, his brother-in-law yeah. doesn't speak, all, and your sister she just speaks A little bit, <laughs> little bit too, and so when they come, I don't have any translation. Anything like that. And so when they come, I said, well, do they understand? He said, um, it's the songs that I think they understand a little bit, but he's trying to learn more English. His, his brother-in-law and sister trying to learn more English. So even though we, we don't speak in Spanish and we don't have an interpretation or anything like that, uh, they, they are really neglected. Do you hear what I'm saying? You said, well, I don't think they're neglected. If they want, if they want a Spanish, they go to a Spanish church. See, we could have that mentality, couldn't we? We could. And do you think sometime maybe the Grecian uh, speaking Jews might have that type of attitude? I wonder, I wonder don't they understand that, that they're supposed to be taking care of all the widows, not just some of the widows? Why are they neglecting our widows? And they, they get in their little Spanish speaking group, you know, they, they're speaking uh, uh, Greek though. Uh, and, and and they can be complaining about the ones who are speaking Aramaic. and see y'all could be over there at home, you know, eating and just talking in Spanish, talking about how terrible we are because we <laughs> we neglect uh, you all because we don't speaking th- singing in, in Spanish songs. We don't sing a little bit of Spanish. We sing very little Spanish. None, Holly. At all, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think uh, Rebecca did something one time and. and and we have one song, I think, that that, yeah, that we can bring did. out of our archives, you know, archives, and, and sing that thing, right? Right? Yeah, she did good. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, would you would you like us to do more stuff in Spanish, or look, add little both things? Would you like that more? You think it'll help anybody? Do you think it would help your brother? Do you think it'll help your your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law? In other words, would you think we'll be more considerate of that? See, I know you don't care. Because you love us, <laughs> see. So he's not going. he going to answer. I think that would be really much better. See, he, he wants to be very compliant, very nice, you know, <laughs> very nice. But tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. It would be nice for them, you know. Uh huh. They'll be nice. It would know? be nice for them, but uh-huh. they actually they they have to speak English because they, they have to learn. They have to take time because we are here, know hmm. that you are there. Right. We can hear, so we got accepted. Right, <laughs> right. And, and I, I believe, uh, give him a hand, will you? Give him a hand. So you give him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. you. You know, uh, if, if I went to Chile, um, and that's where, that's where uh, his wife and, and two daughters are going, you're going to Chile uh, a couple months. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody would speak a little English to you <laughs> how much Spanish do you know? Huh? About 80 percent. You're learning it, okay? Um, I know his daughters don't know how to any, it, you know so they're going to be up the creek, you know unless, <laughs> unless somebody cares enough to help out. You know? So this is what's going on here, I believe, that it was not because the church didn't care. I don't think the church was just partial. Just said that those Jews need to go back where they came from and and therefore leave us alone. And if we neglect them, maybe they'll get a hint. I don't think that was happening. I really don't think that was happening. I think they really I, I think they really didn't didn't know that it was a concern. Now the, the, the key thing is that to me, and this is could they have done something else besides complain? Because see when when you look up this word complaint, it says a grumbling, it's a murmuring, it's discontent because they were frustrated, they were dissatisfied, it's a low muttering sound. You know how how probably those of you who have kids, uh, you know how, how they sound, how that discontent sounds. They they just, you know. Right, yeah. You you heard it before, haven't you? You've probably done it yourself, haven't you? You know, we we all have done that. We all have done that. If you, if we'll be honest, we've all done done that. Somebody says something, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. right? And then what you say? Oh, I didn't say anything. You know, <laughs> I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I believe that this is what was was happening here, and so therefore, a complaint to me is not. Godly. Do you hear something? Complaining is not godly because, because it's because of the definition of this word. That tells me that that is not of God because the spirit of God. We're supposed to be walking in the spirit, and not in the flesh. And so walking in the spirit means that the Holy Spirit, to me, is controlling what I say, what I do, where I go. It's a spirit-filled walk, and so it's a spirit-led walk. And so therefore the fruit of the spirit to me is not complaining. I didn't read that in Galatians. That's not one of the fruit of the spirit. So and I know that's not wisdom from above, because wisdom from above is one of the wisdom is, is peaceful. Another one is is easy to be um is compliant, let's say. That's another wisdom from above. And so, therefore, I know complaining is not there. So I'm trying to uh, get this over to us today that God is saying that if you want an opportunity, and there are going to be opportunities that come your way for you to move in more of the purposes of God, you are going to have to refrain from complaining and find some other way to let your desires be known. Because we said that a desire was for their, their widows to be taken care of. That's a legitimate desire. It's a godly desire because the church was supposed to take care of the widows, those who, certain type of widows. And so that was fine. But how were they, the apostles, told? They found out about it because there was much complaining going on. There's complaining going on. And all this complaining got so much, that the apostles found out about it. What's going on? Why are these people walking around? Remember, I walk by it and they, 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 I hear all these under, undertones. What's going on? Oh well, they said that uh, their widows are being neglected. Oh, why didn't somebody tell me? Well, we, we thought y'all were too busy. You know, I just didn't. We didn't think about that thing. You know. Um, well, okay. Then they decided to do something about it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, let's go to, we're going going to take this, and we'll go to the next verse. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples. Now, it wasn't just two or three people. He brought everybody together, everybody, all the Grecians, all the, um, the regular Aramaic Jews. He brought them all together, all the disciples. He brought them together, the whole congregation. So, how many people are we talking about probably? We know it's, it, We know some women and children in there. Come on. How many of you think it is? You know it's 5,000. Just men. Come on. Okay, It could be, it could be 15, how many thousand? He brought them all together, and he says, "Look, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, this is the scripture Now, select from among you seven men. And then he says, of good reputation, full of the spirit, and of wisdom, there's three things, whom we can put in charge of this task. So if the the apostle would have known about it from the start with, they would have solved the problem from the start with. It's, It's not no problem to solve the problem. It is no problem solving problems, none. I just need to know the problem. That's what it That's what I'm seeing here. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. It means all of them. The Hellenistic Jews as well as the Aramaic-speaking Jews. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. And of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Pecoros, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, a prophet from Antioch, and these they brought before the apostles. And after praying, they laid their hands on them. Verse seven says, "The word of God kept on spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase." King James and Mother ply, greatly in Jerusalem, and great. Many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Now they, they, they are saying this now that look when we solve problems and and we everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, God's gonna keep this thing going. He's gonna he, He's gonna do even more greater greater wonders because since the day of Pentecost, people have been added into the faith, but it's not nowhere that it says. It, Right what it says here, and a great number of priests were being, becoming obedient to the faith. So this is telling us that this is a great revival going on right now because you, you see priests are being saved. I mean, you're talking about priests, and we're talking about these, these ones who, who were uh, beating people and stuff like that, who were hard to be won over. God started changing their heart, and they many of them being added to the faith. So great revival being, being, you know, just happening here because problems were solved and people were walking in unity. Unity is very important in the home. Do you hear what I'm saying? Unity is important in the home. We need to uh, make sure that, that, that the parents, children know what the problems are so the parents can solve the problems. We need to know, husband and wife, we need to know what the problems are so that we can solve the problem, so we can go on with the Lord because God wants to do great and mighty miracles in your marriage, in your family, in your home, in your job, but we must not complain. Do you hear what I'm saying? We must just let it be known what the problems are, work together to solve this thing, and keep on going. Murmuring and complaining will stop the work of the Spirit of God. It will do it. In your marriage, in your family, it will stop it. You don't want to do that because it's, 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 it's really, um, it's not Spirit-led. It's flesh-led. And so uh, when people talk about quenching the Spirit and things like that, these things quenching the Spirit, complaining. Now, how can you not do that? Then, how can you? How can you uh, just be frustrated, irritated? Take it to the take it, take it to the to the people who can do something about it. If you let me just let's throw this out just a little bit. If you have a complaint against your mate, don't take it to your uh, best friend and run your wife down to your best friend. Do you hear what I'm saying? No woman wants to find out that her husband is running her down to somebody else who she didn't give him permission to talk about her. Do you hear what I'm saying? Nobody wants that. You don't want Sister Sister Sue calling you and say, hey, your husband was over at my house, and he was telling my husband all this stuff about you, and I just want to find out is this stuff true? <laughs> what did he say? And when when the husband comes home and smiles and all like that, <laughs> we know what's going to happen, don't we? Nor, nor does a man want to hear about what the wife has been telling some other woman about him. If he never finds out about it, do you still see it's as wrong? Because what's happening is that when when that when that person, uh, let's say that my wife is talking to somebody else about me, then when that somebody sees me, it, it, what what are they thinking? You see, they 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 are they are thinking what she has already told them about me. Now I'm smiling, hello, hi. And she's saying, I'm going to look at him and think he's not there, you know. (laughs) That happens, I'm telling you. So when I, um, when when Minerva and I counsel people, what we do, uh, and and for the guests, Minerva is my wife, uh, what we do is that we ask permission. That's what we do. we We have both of them together. Is it okay for be full disclosure? Will you get mad when you leave here if he says something or she says something that uh, you didn't want them to say? Is it full disclosure? Because we, can't, we cannot have this when you all leave here. You get in the car, why did you tell them that? You, know, you can't, can't have that See, It's got to be full disclosure. And then they tell me, yeah, it's okay. Whatever you want to say, say five, fine. So now when I talk to the man about himself, it's already okay. Because they are going to somebody who they've already talked to, who've already been decided. They're going to them for counseling, and it's going upline. Do you hear what I'm saying? And it's somebody can do something about it. They're not going cross line. cross line. is to another somebody else, to their friend or whoever it is. But they are not, they're not going to help. All they're gonna do is, yeah, child, I, I know what I know just what you're talking about. Yeah, mine do the same thing, and you know, <laughs> that's about, that's why one time we cut out we, we cut out women's ministry in the church because we don't want women getting together running down their husbands. Do you hear what I'm saying? In in the in the disguise of prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? I need prayer. Oh, what do you want us to pray about? Just just pray. Well, we don't want to need, we, we need to pray a little bit more specific. Um, well my husband's this da da, 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 da da. Everybody in the church knows about you as a husband. And when those women see you, they're thinking about you, Jason. What you are told them. You know? You say? Really? When you get up to minister, forget it, brother. You know, that, that all you said about the Holy Spirit, don't mean a thing. I'm, I'm serious. We're just using Jason as an example. <laughs> the people that we work with, they, they don't do that. They don't do that. And so I don't this happening in the church. I really don't. But that can happen. When they chose, in verse 3, when they chose these seven, all seven of them were, uh, the theologians say, they were, Hellenistic, the Grecian men. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because they had they had Greek names. So that tells us that the that the Aramaic Jews they didn't have no problems with the Spanish speaking uh, friends that we have in the congregation. They didn't have any problem with the Grecian speaking people in the, pro- in the congregation. They didn't have any problems with it. Was not a problem at all, the Jews, they, they, they just didn't know they were being neglected, whether it be the language barrier, whether it be anything else. They just didn't know it because they chose all seven of them. They didn't choose not one person that was an Aramaic-speaking Jew. All of them were Grecian-speaking men, and they said, well, we're going to choose out these men because all of them, the whole congregation there was there. Matter of fact, the Hellenistic Jews were in the minority, so that tells that, that the majority could have chosen who they wanted to, but they chose all of the Greek-speaking men. They said, well, look, we don't want this stuff going on, so we're going to we're, look out from among you and choose somebody full of, the Holy Ghost full of power. Now, when they chose them, I guarantee not one of these people were chosen that were part of the complainers. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's the point of the message today is that God has given us an opportunity to move to a a higher level in the purpose of him. These men were not thinking about, well, I need to read the Bible because one day they're going to choose me to feed the Grecian, our, our widows. They didn't have no thoughts of that, not one thought. All they were doing is going about their merry way, being prepared, because they want to, they love God. And so, how do you get full of this? How do you get full of, Justin, where is Justin? It's time for you to come on up, brother. Now, I had, um, I had, really, uh, a teenager that was going to come up. And a teenager was going to come up, uh, who was a teenager? Uh, uh, Emily Roberts. I was going to bring Emily up. And, uh, and, and, and Emily was going to, uh, tell us some of the things that that I do, uh, I teach, in order to be prepared, to be full of wisdom, full of the Holy Ghost, full of everything. When I saw Justin this morning, I said, Justin, are you ready? He said, yes, I'm ready. But now the time has come. and so, (laughs) So sometimes, well, Justin, he knows the seven priorities. He knows the seven priorities. I guarantee he knows. He knew them. He knew them. How does he know them? He knows the seven priorities of spiritual life because his parents taught him. That's how he knows them. Because I've teached the parents, and the parents say, look, this is what you know, so they teach it to the kids. So, uh, the seven projects of life, I wanted to let, let you know, because they, they are in service, and uh, he knows a lot of things, and sometimes I would give him an opportunity to say those things. So, can you tell the congregation of seven projects? I knew you could. You're a small young man. Okay, tell me something. Wrong. Praise and thanksgiving, worship, prayer, read and study the word, memorize and meditate, confess and share. Yo, go ahead on, Justin. There you go. Good job, brother. Good job. Now, that's what we want all of, our, all of our children doing. Whatever we teach, you teach them to your children. That's what the word of God says in Deuteronomy. So, um, uh, now. What he said, let's put it on the screen here. What he said was praise and thanksgiving. God wants that. So these seven men, in order to get full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, a good reputation, you have to be doing things that God says you do. You have a good reputation by walking the word of God out. That's how you get a good reputation. Walk the word of God out. Because this is not, this is not just among the the... Uh unsaved people, these are among among the, the the brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's what that's from. Be of good reputation. Full of the spirit and of wisdom. Well, does God love praise and thanksgiving? Does he love worship? Yes, he does. Now, of course, we know that worship is our lifestyle. We know that it's everything we do, everything we say, but we are speaking mainly of just our Uh, thanking God for who he is rather than the praise and thanksgiving for what he's done. Now, uh, you can tell us in many places in the scripture about that. In Psalm 50, it'll tell you that so you can read it sometime that uh, God is not uh, interested in just the uh, sacrifices, but in uh, really uh, offering thanks to him. That glorifies his name. So we 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 could do a message on each one of those seven priorities, but that's not the purpose. The purpose is that just, just, you know you need to be prepared. How do you be prepared? This is how you be prepared. We, we give you seven sp- priorities of spiritual life. Now, if we say that what's the priorities of our physical life, if I tell you what, give me a priority of your physical life, what would happen to you physically uh, if you didn't have air? You would die. What would happen if you didn't have Food. That's a priority of your physical life. Air, food. Then so I say, well, what is a, a priority of your your life, with your spiritual life? I tell you what: if you will not, you you going your spiritual life is gonna go to zilch. If you, there is no praise, there is no thanksgiving, there is not any worship to God, there is no prayer going on. You're not communicating with your Creator. Those are top three. If you're not doing that then your spiritual life is going right on down the drain. If you're not reading slash, we put slash studying because they're two different things, even though they're related to one another, if you're not reading and studying the word of God, then your spiritual life is right up, Keep going on down. It'll keep spiraling. If you're not meditating slash memorizing the word of God, it's going right on down. These are seven priorities of your spiritual life. You need to confess the word of God. And so what's confession? Confession is agreeing with the word. When, when something comes up in your mind and, and, and it's against the word, then you speak the word. That's all it is. And you need to share the word. So these are seven priorities of your spiritual life. And so I want people to be prepared for what God is doing. You get full of the spirit by doing. By, by you know, just in that Word of God, you, you're being led by the Spirit. I want you to be full of wisdom. You're in this Word, the Word, the word of God. Jesus, all the traits of wisdom is hid in Christ Jesus, the Word of God says. So, therefore, if you're not in this Word, and in in John 1, 1 tells me, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So, tell me the Word is God. So, that means I'm in this thing. It's life to me. It's life to me. It's coming in me. I want to be full of wisdom. So, I read Proverbs. I read this Word. I want to have wisdom. I want to be full of the Spirit. I want to have a good reputation for those without so I want to do what the Word says. I want to be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer of the Word, as James said. Do you hear what I'm saying? These men were ready. They weren't ready just because they thought they were going to have an opportunity sometime. Hey, Sometimes I want to be a pastor, so I better go to seminary. You know, I better do what this person tells me to do, because he might not give me an opportunity to speak. They don't have a, they, they're not even interested in that. Not any interest in that. All they're interested in is glorifying God. That's all they're interested in. Glorifying God. So I tell you, and you can ask God when you get to heaven, God, were any of these seven among those complainers, what do you think he's gonna say? You don't know, do you? You should know. Because why should you know? Because you know complaining is not if you can't how you gonna be full of wisdom. And you complaining? That's not wisdom. That's that. That's foolishness. Complain. You don't do that. They were prepared. So therefore, let's take two of them that you know. Stephen. You say, "Oh, was he full of wisdom? He should have not opened his mouth because he got martyred. He was the first martyr." Everybody knows Stephen in Christianity, and this this happened over 2,000 years ago, everybody knows Stephen. People name their children Stephen because they know that being martyred for Jesus Christ, oh, they, 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 they have a, a great reward in heaven, great reward. That's an honor. Philip, God, God traced Philip for us so we'll know that what did he use Philip for? Now, Philip, they sure, he was ready for this. They chose him, but God took him further, didn't he? Philip was an evangelist, wasn't he? That's what God said later on. He was an evangelist. He said about Philip's children, he had how many daughters? Three daughters, and they all prophesied. Yeah, they were in the household. They prophesied. I'm telling you that when you are full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, good reputation, you're going to pass it on to your children and your children are going to do the works of God. Your whole family, you're there. You're there. But you're going to have to realize that you've got to take advantage of opportunities. The opportunity present presented itself in chapter 6 here for us is that I want to be ready when God is ready to choose somebody to do something for him. Stephen was chosen to be the first model. Uh, Philip was chosen to be uh, uh, way down the road an uh, evangelist. And I don't know what the others was, uh, uh, did but it was great things because how he did is just gave us a, a snapshot of a couple of them, but they were, they were ready. They were ready. I want you to be ready. It's an opportunity for you to be ready. I know God going to give you opportunities to take you further in the purposes of God, but you must be ready. Get ready with the seven priorities. Get before God and read the word of God. Get before God and study. Get before God and memorize the word. Get before God This is why I have these cards here. They have scripture memorizations on them. That's what they are. And I had them because I said, well, if I need it and I forget it, I can have it. But I didn't use them because I didn't even get to it. So praise God. So anyway, uh, I have scripture memorization cards. I have more at home because I'm trying to memorize scripture. Why am I trying to memorize scripture? Because I want to be ready. So I can confess the Word of God. If I don't know the Word of God, I can't confess it, can I? Can't confess it. Because sometimes I'm not going to have my Bible with me. If anybody take the Bible and say, no more Bibles, it doesn't matter. The Word of God is here in my heart. So I'm going to keep it going. That's what I want you to be able to do. What are you doing with your time that you're not working, that you're not sleeping? What are you doing with your time? Even if you work eight hour, uh, twelve hours a day, seven days a week, still there's other time. You got, you got twelve more hours in a day. What are you doing that time? So, well, I sleep the rest of the twelve. Well, I think you don't sleep twelve. I think you about to sleep about six hours. And those of you sleep nine hours, parents wake them up and get them out of bed. <laughs> you know, they don't need to be sleeping no nine, ten hours. You know. yeah, teenagers. But uh, but let, let me tell you, you need to spend time, and please. I don't care if you start with five minutes a day. Start somewhere, and I said start with five minutes, and add five to it every month. In a year, you'll be up to how long? Come on, come on, five times 12. Justin, I had to call Justin back up here and tell me five times 12. You'll be up to an hour, right? You'll be up to an hour. Am I interested in time? No. I'm, I'm just interested in there, there are certain things you're not going to be able to do in five minutes or 15 minutes. You're not going to be able to memorize, uh, read, and study, praise, and worship, you know, pray about all the things you need to pray about, and you only spend five minutes a day. It's just some things that's going to get undone. Do you hear, hear what I'm saying? So I'm trying to get you to a point where I don't want you to watch the clock oh, well, it's this time, and I get, he told me i got to do this thing five minutes, so five, five minutes, so I'm up, God, I'm up, God. Now, I'm not interested in you watching the clock. I'm interested in you spending time with God. I don't have to, I don't have to um, tell you about, I, 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 I want you to really um, not spend much time on a on, on uh, computer. Now, if I ask you how much time you spend on the computer, oh, not much at all. And when you come to find out, you spend an hour on a computer, two hours. You say, "I don't want, I don't want you to, you to watch the clock. You don't watch the clock on the computer, do you? You don't watch the clock on how many texts you send a day, do you? Well, don't watch the clock on how much time you spend with with God. But know that there are certain things need to be covered. That's all I'm saying. Certain things need to be covered. I want you to be prepared because God has more for you than you can imagine. Stephen, Philip, all of these, Timon, Palminas, all of them, they were ready, and they were chosen from among the people because the people knew they were different. They were different. And they didn't choose any complainers, moaners, and groaners because that is not of God. So I want you to cut that out of your household, because I know what's going on. And you say, well, how do you know what's going on in my household? Because it goes on in just about every household, just about every household. So I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to the body, I'm talking to all your friends, is that this is what God's asking us to do. that makes sense? Do you think that you, you said, well, that's kind of all hard message you're talking about you know i need to be ready i'm not even interested in being a a, um i'm not interested in being an evangelist i'm not interested in god moving me from what doing what i'm doing you are not you are not interested please don't tell me that because what you'll be telling me is that when i stand before god i don't care what he said well done my good faith servant. or not i'm not interested in what he says i'm just interested in what i want to do and i want interested in doing but one thing when I was on the earth, you know, I worked on, in a nursery. That's all I did. That's all I needed to do. If that's not enough for him, then later for him. I know you're not like that. Don't tell me that. I know you're interested. You, you would tell me if I asked you, do you want all the purposes of God? What's the answer going to be? Yeah, yeah you're going to tell me that. Well, I don't know all the purposes God has for you. Neither do you. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know all the purposes he has for me. All I'm saying that today Part two, last week was on the financial realm. This week, chapter six, is about just being prepared spiritually. If you're not prepared spiritually, you will never achieve all the purposes God has for you. That's all I'm saying. And I want you to achieve everything that God has for you. He wants you to know that. So he's saying that he wants you to, these things that people, it's people in this congregation have heard this for 13 years. Really? And still not doing them, guarantee, guarantee, Guaranteed. So, God, how many, how many, how many, how, how times have you heard from God, from his, from God now in the Word of God? He wants us not to complain. You've heard that many, many, many times. As long as you you've been going to church, how many them still complain? Two, Zita, you and me. That's good. <laughs> So God told me, hey, cut it out. Cut it out because you're not gonna be ready. When 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 I if I want to do something else with you, you're not gonna be ready. You're not gonna be chosen. I said, Oh, I gotta, I I gotta cut this complaint out. And I also need to tell the body to cut it out. So I, Zeta, we told him. Okay, we told him. <laughs> Stand to your feet. God's is good, isn't he? He is good. He is good. <laughs> I know when, you, when, you, when you're looking at Book of Acts and things like that, I know that you, you, you want to just, uh, these, these sweet-sounding messages, you know, and just uh, tell me what I normally want to hear, you know, that, that uh, Stephen and all of them, they were the first deacons, they were this and that, and, and, uh, and it's a great message for uh, when you get ready for, you want more volunteers, but that's not what God had for us today. Uh, he he wants us to seize the opportunities that he has for us. That's what he wants to do. He wants to be prepared. And I want to be prepared and I want you to be prepared. Let's pray. Father, we believe your word, Lord. We believe that you want us prepared. Prepared for whatever you have have for us. And it takes spiritual preparation, Lord. Father, first of all, forgive us for not taking serious the seven priorities, Lord. They're not something that's A plus B equals this, one plus one equals two. It's not that type of thing. They're just guidelines. Just when we get before you, it's just guidelines. And then we want the Holy Spirit to take us wherever he wants us to go. But we surely want to be prepared, prepared, Lord. Help us, Lord, to not complain about anything. There are opportunities in our families, in our households, in our homes to complain about many things. The opportunities on our job to complain about many things the opportunities in the church to complain about many things. There are things in our city to complain about, in our nation to complain about, in the world to complain about. We can just complain all the time. But you're saying that you want us full of the spirit. You want us full of wisdom. So therefore, we need to cut the complaining out so that you can take us to another level, Lord. We want revival to break out, Lord, in our families. We want, Father, you to just salvation to start coming where there there have been no salvation. There have been stubbornness. They didn't want to hear about Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, they are ready to hear, what must I do, Mom? What must I do, Dad? We want to hear those things, Lord. But it it has to be because we're prepared. Prepare us. Prepare us.